Linden is a very nice herb I use when I do herbal mocktails. So if I'm looking to relax my muscles after a particularly hard workout, or maybe I've also had a really tense week and I just can't stop kind of bringing my shoulders up into my ears, uh, Linden is a fantastic one. And sometimes I, you know, I'm always focused on the science of it and the phytochemistry of it and how it works within the body and relaxes the body. But something about Linden I really like is it releases this, the tree releases kind of this pheromone or this hormone that stops the insects from attacking the trunk of the tree. You know, the way the plant protects itself and supports itself is the way that it's going to do it for you, which I really like. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power, and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought, training, or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action, and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, and today we have a guest. Her name is Paula from Botanically Curious and she offers boutique herbal experiences for anyone looking to explore the world of plant medicine. Her efforts are focused on educating the public about herbalism and building confidence in foraging wild food. So exciting. I met Paula. She's a local, now Mainer, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and we met for coffee recently, a few months ago, and I got to learn more about her business, which is incredible, and all of the different ways that herbalism can support women and entrepreneurs, and we're going to jam on her herbal knowledge and support in different ways that it can support you and your life and your business. And I'm excited to pick your brain today, Paula. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for that awesome introduction. Of course. Can you tell us your story, kind of your background and your journey into herbalism? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually received a master's in business management and marketing and Right out of college, I dove into starting up a company with a mentor of mine, and I was an art agent for a while. So it was a lot of travel and setting up big events and exhibits in big cities. Um, But it was a lot of kind of burning the candle at both ends. You know, it's something that a lot of people do in their 20s when they're trying to establish themselves. And I quickly kind of realized that... um, you know, I need to start focusing a little bit more on myself. My business partner who started the business with me, who is also my mentor, um, actually uh, ended up having stage four uh, colon cancer. And so he passed away, unfortunately. And if anybody's ever created a business with someone, it is one of those really unique things where you have to have the right fit. And so after that, I decided, you know, maybe this is a sign that I need to focus on my health because I've really just been go, go, going and maybe switch things a little bit because it just didn't feel the same after he was gone. And so did a little exploration, um, started researching just on my own about plant medicine, ways to help myself because it seemed like every time I went to the doctor, 
um, I wasn't necessarily getting the support that I needed. And I felt like I really needed to take more ownership over my health in that way. So that way I could really advocate for myself. So I went back to school, I got training in herbalism. Uh, and from there, I just went and continued, you know, I still continue my education, um, working with the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, going to a lot of different workshops, collaborating with people. And from there, just um, decided, you know, this is something that I want to help other people do as well. And so I think it was for me when I started a little overwhelming looking at herbalism because there's thousands of different plants and the name Botanically Curious just came up because I figured if you're looking at it from that lens of being curious about something, um, you can't really go wrong, right? It's that journey that you kind of take yourself on. And that's what we really like to do with Botanically Curious is educate people, realize that there isn't a particular level you need to be at to start at one of these things. It really is just saying, okay, I I just want to learn a little bit more. And um, we've, you know, we used to have the company in Oregon. We recently moved to Maine this last year and a half, and we had a little herb farm there and we did some really great events. And now just reestablishing in Maine, I came out and I visited a, a couple months before we decided to move. And Maine is just so amazing for people who like to forage for even just the herbal communities and all the herbal farms around the area. And I just kind of fell in love. So we moved the company, we reestablished. And since I didn't have my own land and I was able to source from all these great local herbalists in the area in their herb farms, I started focusing a lot more on the consulting aspect of it. And so what we do now for the majority of the time is one-to-one consulting with people. So I'm kind of that herbalist in your back pocket that allows, you know, any text call saying, hey, you know, this really kind of um, minute thing of like my shoulders are too tight or some of these other things, you know, what can we do about that and how can we incorporate certain things? So we kind of have an in-house apothecary where we blend teas, supplements, powders, whatever is needed for our clients that work with us one-to-one monthly to do herbal protocols. And so it's a really nice service for them. And for those that aren't really interested in, in doing that right away, I do a lot of community outreach through workshops or foraging. And so the really nice thing about it is we've been able to connect with so many amazing companies and nonprofit organizations since we've moved here to just really, you know, build that community and kind of entrench ourselves in that. So it's been really great. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I'm so sorry to hear yeah. about your partner. Partner, That must have been definitely like a wake up call and something very hard to go through. So thank you for right. sharing that part of your story as well. And I just love and am inspired by your, your whole journey into this. I think in today's climate, this is something that is really top of mind for a lot of people of kind of getting fed up with some of the traditional medicine um, right. practices and wanting to really be able to take more control over their, their health. I hear this more and more and more and more and more now. So that I think this is something that is really just top of mind and something that a lot of women are interested in just really having a better grip of their health and really becoming more in control of their life and their health. So thank you for doing that work. I've also seen you popping up all over town. And I know that um, you're such a great community connector. And I've seen you doing all of these events with other businesses and entrepreneurs, which I love with an events background and loving that myself. 
Um, so you have a lot of things going on. I can tell just by all of the events that you're doing and community outreach and your consulting. And so I'm wondering for yourself and for other busy women, whether they're entrepreneurs, most women listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs or whether they're just busy women that are doing a lot, maybe moms, maybe other things. What kind of herbs do you personally use to support, you know, being a busy entrepreneur and having a busy life? And what would you recommend a good kind of jumping off point for the busy woman to begin to integrate herbs into her life or business? Yeah. So I think it's a really great opportunity for people to look at what grows around them, especially if they're here in Maine. So I always look at a few different areas of kind of what I call the pillars of health, right? So what are some of your goals? Are you looking to also incorporate movement, better food choices, some of those other pieces, and looking at how we can incorporate herbs into all of those areas. So it isn't necessarily like um, a quick, easy answer of, oh, you know, for nervous system health, let's get you into some go-to cola, which yes, go-to cola is a fantastic herb that can help with nervous system health, but it's all about really the lifestyle and application of it as well. So depending, you know, I'm a, a mother of a 14 year old and she, you know, keeps me running in every which way on top of my business and all of these things. And just like the way I switch my food up seasonally, I also switch up the herbs depending on kind of where I'm at, what my energy levels are at. What I would say is, you know, some of the ones that I always go to for uh, women, for energy, for entrepreneurs, Bacopa, that's B-A-C-O-P-A, Bacopa is a really nice one for alertness, memory, brain function, all of these things. This can be incorporated into teas. It can be incorporated into supplements. We use these a lot with a lot of our clients. If you're a woman that's also realizing that your endocrine system and your hormone levels really affect your energy and some of the other things you're able to do throughout the day, uh, Shatavari is another one. This is more on the Ayurvedic medicine side of herbalism. And this is a, a great one to kind of help with hormonal balance. And so it's really, as an herbalist, we look at the holistic pieces of this and say, okay, this is your lifestyle. This is kind of where your body's at and implement it in that way. So go, kind of going back to like the four pillars, for instance, in Maine, we have this fantastic resource of, you know, it's so green, there's so much popping up as we're coming into spring. And if you're someone who really likes to get out and move, you know, some of the most simplistic herbs out there, it doesn't have to be complicated, um, really just grow in your front yard, right? So red clover is a fantastic one for women in particular, because it helps support the lymphatic system and really help to move that. And so your lymphatic system, I always like to say, is like the gutters on a house. It's taking that unwanted debris and moisture and moving it to other areas and kind of uh, making sure that it's going towards the waste elimination and getting out of the body. Uh, dandelion is fantastic for this time of year that's popping up on gardens. So I was just talking with a client the other day who, you know, I reminded her, you know, the no mo may for people who don't realize, you know, just waiting and letting spring kind of awaken you know, and let your grass get a little bit long, see what's growing around you, see that you don't have to use pesticides, that you don't have to really spend a lot of money to find things that support your body. 
Um, violet is another very delicate one that people see popping up. That's great to support skin health as an entrepreneurial person. You know, not only am I, you know, always looking for something, obviously on an aesthetic level to a certain extent, because your face is your business a lot of the time, but also something that supports your lymphatic system in general and helps fluids moving. It's very cooling to the system. Um, we work with energetics a lot of the time and how we educate people and consult with people. So that way they realize, yes, there was, you know, a friend who said this herb really worked for them, but your energetics are completely different. And, you know, herbalism is not a one size fits all. So some of those might not work, but we're going to find the ones that work really well for you. So I hope that kind of answers it a little bit, but we can dive into maybe some more areas uh, in that as well. No, it definitely does. And thank you. You kind of answered one of my questions that I kind of naturally had come up that I'm like, is this a stupid question? But um, I figure if I'm wondering it, maybe our listeners are wondering it too. I was going to ask, you know, for some of these herbs, like you mentioned a couple that I've never heard of. I mean, I've heard of, you know, dandelion and, you know, clover and, uh, I haven't heard of violet, but some of those are, are a little bit familiar, but as a herbalism newbie or not really knowing much about this, one of the first things that popped into my mind when you were talking about the Bacopa, I don't exactly, exactly remember what the other one, what the name was, but I'm like, <laughs> geez, where would you even start at finding these as that's kind of like the first thing that popped into my mind is where does one even find these? Would they go you know, it's not like you go to Whole Foods and find these, right? Or do you? Right, right. So yeah, I think, um, you know, other than foraging, Maine has a really great resource for a lot of herb farms in the area. And that's, you know, an easy Google search for that. And this is the perfect time of year to start searching because, you know, there's going to be an abundance coming up that they're harvesting over spring, summer and fall. I would also say, you know, looking and doing research Unfortunately, with the health and wellness industry, there is a lot of marketing, there is a lot of hype. And because there's so much noise, people aren't really sure what selections to make or where to make those from. And so, you know, you can never go wrong with organic, right? And I say that that's really um, the place to get it from going as local as possible. It's just like when people say, if you have an allergy, you have local honey. So that bioregional aspect to the herbs that you incorporate within your body is going to be really important. Uh, we have fantastic resources. We also, you know, at, at here at Botanically Curious um, are working to kind of help people on a smaller scale to make it easier to access herbs. Um, but there's some really great companies like Gaia Herbs and things that are in just your local supermarket that you could look at. And they have been kind of tested more for the quality and the way that they operate their business and all of those pieces that you should really look at. Uh, you never want to, you know, just purchase something because it's cheap and it has a high like milligram content to it. I had a client the other day who's like, oh, well, I went to this place and I got this ashwagandha because it had like, you know, 1500 milligrams and it was only 10 bucks. And it's like, well, as somebody who purchases ashwagandha from reputable farms and women that I know who work in uh, in that area down in Texas that I've worked with for a really long time, you know, it's, it's not a cheap herb. And if you're getting things on the cheaper side, a lot of the time, um, you really have to ask yourself, like, what's that quality look like? And so those are just some other questions. But yeah, I think here in Maine, it makes it a little bit easier. If you're not in Maine, and you're listening, 
online resources like Mountain Rose Herbs is a really great resource to purchase herbs as well. And they distribute um, fairly quickly on, on a national scale. That is super helpful. Thank you for answering that. And when you're talking about something that kind of uh, goes along with that of where to find these, how to use them is with some of the more local herbs that you were saying in your backyard, like the dandelion, the violet, the red clover, how, like, what is generally the best way? Cause I'm imagining myself going out in the lawn and just like eating a dandelion (laughs) (laughs) Um, or like, putting it in a tear, not knowing really what to do with it of like, okay, she says dandelion is good. Let me just go munch on some dandelion. Like what is a process Mm -hmm. generally? And of course, like this is what you do for a living and there's so much more to this, but let's just use like dandelion for an example. Cause I think a lot of people are familiar with what dandelion is like, how would you incorporate that? Or how would you use that? Yeah, absolutely. So Uh, The dandelion leaves in the early spring are a fantastic nutrient-dense food to throw into salads, right? And so when you're doing any kind of wild foraging or you're looking into incorporating this, we just did um, a little article in um, Journey Magazine, which is a recovery magazine, trying to get people in recovery to focus on some more healthier options. And we did a forage salad. So letting people know that you only need, you know, like, six or seven dandelion green leaves in a salad to bring in that nutrient content and quality. You know, you don't have to go out and get a supermarket's basket full of things because it's wild food. It's resilient. That resiliency is going to then be absorbed by you when you're eating that. And it's a lot more beneficial uh, in that capacity. And then, so you can pull it out from the root if you'd like to, you know, I always say when you're out foraging only 10% of the area and the plant it should be consumed. But if it's on your own property and you're fine with that, we always just want to make sure that we're not doing more harm to the environment than good. Um, if you have, you know, like uh, online, they have really great uh, inexpensive like herb dryers that you, you know, have like maybe three or four little racks on them. You can always pull it out by the root, cut the root, dry it. We'll wash it and dry it and then store that Um, to put into teas to help with liver support. So, you know, one day you're eating a dandelion salad and maybe you've got some of the leaves uh, because it's earlier in the season and you get the root. You always want to uh, also look at the root before it flowers. I mean, a lot of people definitely um, grab the roots and use them after they flower. But if you think about it from kind of a, a life force perspective and a chi perspective, you know, that that plant is using a lot of its energy to create that flower. And so, you know, with things like um, burdock root or with dandelion or some of these other ones, sometimes it's better to harvest and use the root before it flowers. But if it's already flowered and that's the only way you can identify it, you know, you can also use the flowers and the roots. Um, And uh, sometimes I take just the little flower heads, pop them off and I'll throw them into a tea with some other, um, herbs, like even if you have lemon balm, which is in the mint family, is super easy to grow in your windowsill. It's um, easy to grow outside. So some of those that are a little more aromatic, like lemon balm or mint or things that are also pest resistant are going to be really nice for people as they start trying to incorporate or to grow herbs, um, you know, just using what they have. Another really nice one, um, and we're on a podcast, so it's hard to kind of describe these, but self-heal is one that pops up in lawns all the time. And it's called self-heal because it really can be applied in herbal medicine in a variety of ways. 
you know, between pain relief, skin health, all the different areas. Um, and it's, it's focused kind of on the core of, you know, that support in your liver and your kidneys and your adrenal glands. So that way your body is more toned and tonified to be able to do what it needs to do. And so working from that base level and then working out, um, there is this kind of propensity to apply herbs in the same way that we would apply, you know, chemical medicine, which is just to cover up symptoms and do a quick fix. And you can absolutely find herbs to do those things if you want. And there's nothing wrong with that in certain circumstances, especially with allergy season coming, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking at nettle and incorporating nettle, nettle for allergy season, because if you're in the middle of a podcast or you're going into a meeting and we're post COVID and your nose is running, you know, there's a lot of implications there in terms of being professional. And so it's like incorporating those in those aspects, but you also want to kind of look at it from a long-term perspective as well. And the more that you can incorporate that into your lifestyle where it's like, okay, today I'm going to have a little bit of this like forage salad I made in just a small, you know, four ounce bowl, or I'm going to have this tea, you know, once or twice a week and start incorporating that. It, you'd really be amazed at how simple and easy it is to start incorporating more nutrient dense food and, and what that does for you long-term. So much. I feel like this is like opening Pandora's box. Like, oh, there's no. just like so much to balance off from like, oh my God, there's just so many places you can go. So one thing I want to um, jump back to really quick before moving forward is you mentioned four pillars earlier on. Right. What, yeah. what did you mean by the four pillars? What are the four pillars? Yeah. So when I work with clients or when we're doing um, any kind of workshop and educational, we look at the movement in a, in your, you know, lifestyle, the uh, stress, and that's not necessarily just the stress of external factors, but the stress you put on your body in itself, whether you work out a lot or some of those pieces, um, your food, and then your sleep. So sleep, food, stress, and movement are kind of the four pillars that we work off of and how those incorporate. Because if you've got somebody who, you know, likes to wake up very last minute and rush out the door to get to their first meeting because they just, you know, don't sleep well throughout the night, then they're not going to have that time to make a cup of tea, right? Or, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to incorporate maybe a morning routine of herbalism versus maybe an evening routine. So we look at those pieces. We look at, you know, those external stress factors as well. So, you know, um, poor diet could be putting more stress on your body. Me in particular, I do a lot of heavy weightlifting, which a lot of people don't know about me. And so um, that's something that, you know, I'm voluntarily putting a lot of stress on my body and then being able to figure out how to recover my body long-term after is really important. So that's really the more holistic approach for those things and where we kind of focus on with that. I love that, that it's more customized. It's, it's, it comes back to the whole mission that you shared before of, you don't just do a blanket statement of, you know, use this herb for focus or <laughs> use this, you know, it, it's so customized to each person's lifestyle and what's going to work best for them. So that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for um, sharing that. And the heavy weightlifting that is intriguing to me as far as, is there again, like this is kind of blanket statement. <laughs> so asking your personal a certain herb that you personally like to use for recovery after weightlifting? Um, yeah, I actually stick with a lot of things that can be incorporated into food because it's really easy. Um, I would say 
when we're looking at muscle recovery, um, one of the big things that plays in to the wellness industry right now is the interest around mushrooms. Um, people are super, super interested. Maine is a fantastic area to forage mushrooms. And I am by no means a foraging expert with mushrooms, which I get questions on this all the time. It's one of those where you really have to be sure, but I have reputable sources. There's some fantastic um, sources, even kind of at the border of Canada and Maine that um, source really great uh, options for you. And so I would say um, cordyceps, which is a type of mushroom, it looks like a creepy little finger almost, uh, is fantastic for recovery, for endurance, uh, for helping with muscle. And we have to look at all of those other mechanisms in the body, right? So when we're moving our body, and especially if we're doing heavy weightlifting, and the reason that I do that for myself in particular, as a woman, as I age, we always have to look at our bone health and our bone density and how that works, and also our immune health. And there have been a lot of studies done about how, you know, immune cells are made within the bone marrow. And the more that you can support bone health and stimulate that health and growth, can then help, you know, long-term, obviously making, you know, your bones stronger, but also helping your immune system. And so that's kind of my piece on where I go with it in that regard. Um, but also uh, linden, we have some linden trees here locally. Linden is a very nice herb I use when I do herbal mocktails. So if I'm looking to relax my muscles after a particularly hard workout, or maybe I've also had a really tense weak and I just can't stop kind of bringing my shoulders up into my ears. Uh, Linden is a fantastic one. And sometimes I, you know, I'm always focused on the science of it and the phytochemistry of it and how it works within the body and relaxes the body. But something about Linden I really like is it releases this, the tree releases kind of this pheromone or this hormone that stops the insects from attacking the trunk of the tree. So it has this really neat mechanism and we find this with plants a lot of the time the way that they protect themselves you know it's saying come you know and source for my leaves for my branches this is what I'm here for but if you were to attack the core of who I you know of the tree of my stability then it would make me unstable and make me unhealthy and you know creating that kind of barrier which I think a lot of women a lot of entrepreneurs they always you know, are looking to connect, looking to, you know, help other people. And that's kind of where that start of burnout kind of happens some of the time where we're not creating that barrier of, okay, I'm going to help you until this point, And then I need to save this for myself. And Linden's a really great herb to incorporate in that regard as well, which I really enjoy. And I think that it's just so fun when you can find those aspects of, you know, the way the plant protects itself and supports itself is the way that it's going to do it for you, which I really like. Yes. And relating that back to life, like how the plant cares for itself and using those boundaries is like <laughs> how important boundaries are for us to have as business owners and women that can be so overworked and like to pour, 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 pour from our cup and the importance right. of refilling it and really protecting our energy and our core and our boundaries. Um, and I, I love what you brought up about the, the mushrooms and the cordyceps, because something that I've recently been kind of curious and interested in, in playing around with and you drink coffee, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. we went on a coffee date. I'm pretty sure. You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so something that I've been exploring is, and that I think is really popular recently and that I would love to just hear your general thoughts on are all of these right. mushroom blends. 
of like mm. pseudo caffeine. Like I recently got targeted <laughs> from an Instagram <laughs> ad and yeah. uh, I was influenced to purchase. I can't even remember what it's called right now, the exact kind that I got, but it's basically a mushroom blend with, you know, 50 or so milligrams of caffeine. So it has lower caffeine content than coffee. And it's, you know, mm. supposed to be better for focus and stabilizing your energy and things like that. And I would say I haven't used it quite enough yet to fully determine myself. So far, I have enjoyed exploring it. But sometimes I get almost a little nervous with, and this is, could be a completely personal thing because I'm weird about like medications (laughs) and even vitamins and things like, Oh, am I going to overdo it? Am I going to have a negative reaction to this? So I think it's so amazing what you do because you really personalize that for people and help them. But with all the different types of mushrooms, do you see that being, you know, problematic at all or helpful or like just what is your general take on some of these mushroom coffee blends? Um, I personally uh, make things very similar for my clients. Uh, and I feel like it's it's really nice. So with cordyceps, they're really great because like I mentioned, they focus on kind of muscle recovery, endurance, some of those areas. But then when you start blending them with mushrooms like reishi, for instance, which has more of an affinity for the liver health. Um, and then you mix that with like lion's mane, which then supports more brain health. And so you're looking at all the phytochemical nutrients and all these other things within each mushroom and saying, if we combined all of these, and because it's already in a food form, this whole plant form, it's going to be more bioavailable to our bodies when we ingest it, right? And, um, you know, at a smaller level of caffeine, you know, I have clients, I make something very similar. It's got turkey tail, cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, all of these really great ones inside of it to help with cell regeneration and liver support. And I say, you know, the caffeine is what is draining your adrenal glands and all of these other things will help support your adrenal glands, right? Because we also look at like, If your adrenals are affected, you also have to look at your liver health a little bit there as well. And I say, you know, it's okay if for now you put this into your coffee to try to, you know, start slowly incorporating it and then slowly weaning off some of the caffeine and some of the other things, just knowing it's still that, that long-term versus the short-term. And so for some clients, what I do is, um, they, they need that instant feeling of energy And that can actually be achieved without caffeine if we look at kind of antioxidant quality. So matcha, for instance, has been one that's grown in uh, popularity. And that's because of the EGCG within that and the way that they use the leaf, they don't let it oxidize, but they pulverize it. And so you're getting kind of this whole plant before it's losing a lot of its plant medicine. And so the antioxidant quality of that is so high. It's giving you that boost and that energy without necessarily the caffeine and people um, don't understand a little bit of that and how antioxidants can really help in that way. And same with, you know, um, these mushroom cacao blends. So I use a really nice organic cacao and because it's so rich and nutrient dense and it has a lot of that, um, antioxidant quality, it's giving that boost. And so I think it's great because anytime that you can also support other areas in the body, coffee will definitely wake you up. It'll get things moving a little bit but it's not going to support your liver in that same sense. It's not going to support your brain health throughout the day, you know, all of those pieces. So 
I would say yes, in a general sense, those are fantastic. And then always look at your sources of, you know, where are these things coming from? How expensive versus inexpensive is it? That is so helpful and so much more clear because I really, all those things that you listed, I think are in this specific blend that I have. All of those are definitely like familiar that I've seen in there. And that makes a lot of sense of how they affect different areas and how they all blend together. I love that. And the part about balancing out the adrenals that are affected by the caffeine, which is super helpful. I have loved this conversation so much. So thank you so much for coming on today. I would love to ask you the final question. What does being a wealthy and well woman look like for you? What does that mean in your life? Yeah, I think um, it is just, I don't know, I guess being happy as much as possible, being positive as much as possible. I thought for a really long time, it was finding balance, but then to a certain extent, you know, always chasing that idea of am I balanced can be a little toxic in certain Mm -hmm. regards. But um, I always like to incorporate work into life as much as possible to make it easier for myself. So, you know, in my work, I am so, you know, thankful and lucky to be able to forage for work on top of also foraging for myself and learning and growing. And so I think for me, um, being a wealthy well woman would be just continuing what I enjoy and building a community with people um, who also enjoy those things and really bringing each other up and supporting each other and uh, continuing to do that. Yeah. Beautiful. Paula, where can our listeners find you and uh, connect more with you? Yeah. So if you guys want to connect more, uh, Instagram is the best for me. It is botanically underscore curious. And I have a really cute little uh, logo with a sunflower, which has an eye in the middle of it, which is a little hard to see on there, but um, great opportunity to connect. You can always DM me with questions. I'm the one who runs that page and uh, keep track of our stories for daily updates. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paula. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.